Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Oh, oh man, it's it's midnight. It's uh I'm I'm too sleepy, too sleepy to record the podcast episode, but uh, this is like my new bit. This is my new hilarious bit I'm starting the episode with. Sleepy Andrew. I just want to let you guys know ahead of time. Not only do we have Zoe and Josie here, but Lana Del Rey is here uh, as well. She just, uh, she's just <laughs> quietly in the background. She's so like chiming, she'll in. chime in every so often. Uh, <laughs> she's yeah, she's the buzzing noise in my mind. She's, <laughs> she's also she's literally like repeating what Zoe is saying, just like really like low yeah. on the like. like <laughs> she's just whispering bring it back to us <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to the show welcome to i've been meaning to listen to that the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use as a content to learn about each other and our guests i'm andrew ambrose lee i'm sean wilkinson and i'm michael Lamentado. oh boy we got some fan favorites here uh is it kylie brakeman no is it eliza skinner <laughs> no is it Kevin T. Porter? No, but <laughs> like, no. Why? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, but like we got some great guests here. Like they are my personal fan favorites. Yeah, let's just introduce them. It's uh, Saint Josie and Zoe Dixon, everybody. Yeah! Yay! I think this is your seventh appearance, like Josie. Like seventh, this is like, really? Yes. Is that the most anyone's guested? For sure. I'm pretty sure there is. Okay. Yeah, it was um, oh yeah, it was Fleetwood Mac. Then it was yeah. Ed Sheeran. Then Childish Gambino. Then Taylor Swift. Then it was Dolly Parton. And oh, it's just six, the sixth time, six. but still the most still, of yeah. all the people yeah. so far. So uh, a yeah, nice welcome. wide range of artists that you've <laughs> yeah. been on for. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Midnight's, uh, the recently uh, released Taylor Swift album. Um, let's let, for any new listeners and stuff like that. What is your what are your preconceived notions? What is your history with Taylor Swift and, and where are you with her now? So I have a long, uh, storied history with Taylor. I, by the first time I ever heard her, I remember I can't remember what age I was, but I was it was like for some reason like five in the morning. I was up, uh, living in Las Vegas and I was a child and for some reason our tv was on cmd and we didn't and my family doesn't listen to country music so that's weird um and uh i saw taylor doing an acoustic thing of picture to burn and i thought it was so great and i think did she was she homophobic in that version it was the homophobic I, I like laughed at that. I didn't know people could say that in songs. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But then, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, I really liked our song. But then I don't think I really mm. became a Swifty until Fearless, when that came out when I was like 11 or 12. And mm. I had my mom like fervently buy me the uh, the CD from Costco. And then I listened to that. I beat that album to death. And then now I've been with Taylor for over half my life. I literally got a Taylor Swift tattoo yesterday. 
uh, for invisible string. So yeah, it's on my. What does it say? I like, really like it. <laughs> is it like literally like an invisible string, and it's like there's nothing on it? Like, <laughs> it's I got no tattoo. We all like let's all show our matching invisible string tattoos. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah. but it's like oh. the hand with a string. Yeah. And yeah, oh, it's very cute. cute. It's, it's cute. cute. It'll be very cute. But yes. Uh, yeah. Like, so Josie, like I remember you were on our last um, folk, you're on our folklore episode. Mm -hmm. We talked and you said you wanted to do this. So I was like wondering how your fandom has expanded, if at all. And yeah. The reason that I wanted to talk about um, that, that I was so interested in talking about this one is because there has been a lot of buzz lately about Gaylor. <laughs> and I am here to talk about that for better or for worse. Um, but yeah, I, um, one of the, like my, my interest in Taylor, I, I have listened to Taylor Swift ever since like her debut album. Um, but the thing is, is that I'm about the same age as she is. So when I was listening to her, um, I was also, you know, very young. Um, and I was also about, about her age and then like, kind of like slowly as she's grown up, as she's progressed, as she's, um, become much more, um, articulate songwriter as she's become, um, just as, as her music has changed with her and seen her grow. Like I've also got to see that. And I think it's really cool. I think the first album that I really adored was 1989. I thought that was fantastic. Um, and although I thought that folklore and evermore were both great albums or they were good albums, I should say good albums. It's, it was like, Oh, this feels like a pandemic album because midnight's wasn't ready to release yet. And I think, and I have this personal theory that was like, okay, midnight's was done before the pandemic. She's put, decided to postpone it and do something else in the meantime. Uh, she should keep, she should, the pandemic should come back. If not just so she can make <laughs> better music. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll just quickly go through mine. It's like, basically, I think I've grown to appreciate her as like one of the most impactful artists of today. Like one of the most like, you know, best, like favorite is like a subjective thing. But I think certainly most one of the most impactful artists today and stuff like that. Like um, every time someone releases, every time she releases something people will follow her and stuff like that. People will always maybe like initially people will go like, I don't like this as much. I wish you, she did the thing I liked before. And then like they adopt it and like, they go like, Oh, this is the thing we liked all along and stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, I, I, I think I'm a more of an appreciator of Taylor Swift than I am like a Stan or a Swifty or anything like that. Like I just really appreciate her songwriting. I really appreciate her like talent and stuff like that. I like, I love the longevity of her career and stuff like that, but I never really was like, but like, I don't like when I like have my like pile of music. I like, it's not like I'm usually grabbing for a Taylor Swift album, like right. Like as like my first mm -hmm. choice, it's usually like, I should listen to folklore. That's, that, that was, that was a good album. Like, and I'll like, and then I'll go, Oh yeah, this is great. Um, but mm -hmm. that's like my relationship to it. So, uh, yeah, well, Michael, what about you? Uh, I really love Taylor Swift's like country phase. I think that's probably my favorite of her phase, like through like probably speak now. I love when she sings with her little like, that's fine. I'll tell mom you're gay. I like when she sings like that. Uh, I wish she kept singing like that. Uh, I feel like that would sound good on a lot of these songs. Uh, no, but my history I with Taylor. I want to stay in that lavender <laughs> haze. <laughs> uh, 
Karma is my boyfriend. <laughs> it's a god. Uh, no, I my history with her is a little fraught. I kind of come and go on her. I she is one of to me the most easily annoying artists <laughs> of our generation. I find that I can be like, uh, Taylor, like, come on. What like, what annoys you about her? I'm just curious. She's just like she just has like this like public persona that I get that it's like a little bit uh, like partially it's like the misogynist perception of her that's reflected back and forth back and forth until that's what I see not just her right like it's I get that but also sometimes it's like hey if you know that you're the number one pollutant like private plane user don't mention flying (laughs) on flights three times on this album you know what I mean like there's just a little bit of like hey like maybe I know you're online respond to the onlineness in a way that is not like not you love to plan so respond in a way that seems planned like the one time i've ever seen her respond to the immediacy was when that netflix show made like a cheap joke at her and she was like how dare you like it was like a vast overreaction to what was a joke on a netflix show you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah i guess so is that too hot is that too hot is that that's a good take okay i'm kind of similar to andrew where it's like I don't know. I'm not a huge, like, I wouldn't say I'm a Swifty or anything like that, but I've definitely come to appreciate her more over like the last year or two years. Um, Folkmore, I always mix it up. Folklore and Evermore. Uh, I really liked those because I feel like her songwriting really has improved over the last few years. And I mean, essentially folk music is just like, like it's rooted in storytelling. And so I felt like her lyrics really like came through and shined on folklore and evermore and i don't know the poppy stuff never really got me like the revenge era stuff was like i had no interest i just don't have a lot of interest in like celebrityism i would say so that just kind of lost me um and then red the taylor's version like love that um a lot of great songs on that but it's it is it's more like there's songs from taylor i like i wouldn't say I like any album like all the way through really except for folklore and evermore for this album. I was like, I was a little intrigued because of the last two albums and this one really let me down, but wow, (laughs) I do really like that. Like the concept for this album though, of like, these are songs that I wrote like when I like, couldn't like things that really kept me up at night. I think this is like probably the time to get into like let's, let's just like rip the bandaid off of the Gaylor stuff a little bit. Um, I, I have oh a take. Boy. I have a take. Okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah. So I have not been a huge supporter of the the whole Gaylor theory. Like I, I have friends who have been like super in that, and um, and and I was just kind of like never really convinced. Like the things that they would say, like the little like secrets in the songs or whatnot. This like almost like cryptic um super mind games that she's playing with the lyrics i'm like okay first of all if that's if that's real then one major respect as a songwriter a lot of very very hard to do um and then but then i started to see a little bit uh, recently especially with the um, upcoming midnights i I started to see a lot more uh, on tiktok i don't know if y'all know i'm on tiktok a whole lot um um, but i um yeah and there were some very very convincing arguments i was like okay I could see this being, I could see what some of the things that people were saying before. I could also see Midnight's as something where it's so heavily coded 
with themes of um, queerness, with um, lesbian, um, especially like the lesbian flag stuff, um, the, the lavender, all of these things. There's so many of these things are so like intentionally in there that I was like, okay, maybe this will be a coming out album for her and that'd be great. There'd be no more of this like queer baity back and forth with the gay community, with the lesbian community. Um, and it'll just be this thing. And I'm not disappointed, but I'm not satisfied either <laughs> um, when it comes to the album. I did really, really like the album, though. Um, I think it's really, really interesting. And I have, and I have a whole lot to say about like what I think, um, you know, the album's about, um, how the, the, the different songs and things like that. Um, and at this point in time, I do think that Taylor Swift is very likely a lesbian and probably is not ready to come out. Whoa, wow. Yeah. Hmm. So another thing that I want to say is that I think it's actually after hearing the album and hearing like my the like um the songs and things like that, I actually think it's kind of a shame that people are quite like questioning and pressuring her to come out because I think that one um the 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 TikTok lesbians who are like like neck deep in this whole like Gaylor theory and they talk and talking about it, um I think one there's a lot of merit to it and we can talk a little bit about um what what I see in that like later on. Um, or, or what I've seen and that, but also um, there's a lot of people who are just saying like, stop doing this, like stop just like dropping hints, just like say it and do it. And, and the more and more I think about it, it's like coming out is something that you do for yourself, right? You, you announce for yourself and it has to be that kind of like authentic and genuine moment. Otherwise it's just another thing that we don't have control of in our own lives as queer people. Right. And Taylor Swift being as big as she is, as um and as impactful as an artist as she is that would make such a huge impact for people like me and for people for other um for people like me but at the same time um she has to do it on her own terms right and it's very clear when you like kind of like look at some of the songs especially from my perspective as a trans woman as a lesbian i can very much see where it's like okay i'm dropping the hints and the hints are not as subtle anymore like they're very very out there but I'm also not ready. And, and, and especially when you listen, to, I, I don't know if, if you want to talk about the 3am edition too, but I listened to the whole thing like pretty heavily. And I think there's a lot there that we want to talk about eventually, but yes. Okay. I'm done passing the bet, passing the mic. Uh, Josie, I'm glad you said that last bit because I'm, I'm in the exact same boat there. I, I really, really dislike when people are pressured to come out. Um, I dislike speculation about people's queerness. I dislike, um when that michael's like, gay what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah um i just really hate it i think like especially in a public setting like of course it's fun to like find out someone came out or whatever you know but i hate 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 when people are like one gay people don't typically make coming out like this like trail of secrets right like right. that that my uh, my normal everyday life is not that I am like, you know, like, oh, guess what? My favorite video game is Animal Crossing. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not like giving you little hints. Uh, uh, but it's like, I also think like, if she is queer and just can't come out because of like industry pressure or whatever, I don't like that she'd be leaving Easter eggs and stuff like that. That seems mm -hmm. like fake. Um, and it seems queer baby on her part. So there's that end of it one and then the other end is i don't like when people speculate about queerness so it's like that those two ends combined to make this issue such a like headache and eye roll to me that i'm like i can't even engage with this does that make any sense 
That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I, I think I'm like somewhere halfway in between there. I, my perspective on this has changed a little bit because of the album, but I totally, but I'm like totally on board with where you're at. Yeah. It's certainly normal to get wrapped up in like celebrities and people and speculate I've about I've never this done that. Like, no, never. Yeah, I've never done that in my life. Like, oh, great. The episode my life's really happy. <laughs> so Andrew just outed me to everyone who listens to our podcast. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. But it's uh, normal for other people to get like wrapped up in celebrities and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> like yeah. And uh, out your podcast co host is gay. <laughs> Yeah, normal. normal. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, but... the try guys do that to another one. <laughs> oh. Uh they, but no, so yeah. Wait, is that problematic that I said that joke? <laughs> it's a, it's funny, but it's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> we could take it out. We're maybe. done. We're done. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's up to um, your discretion. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> Let Sean talk. Let Sean make <laughs> Okay, Sean, interrupt me. I dare you. <laughs> I'm too kind. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing with like speculating about people's queerness is like, again, I get the reason for it. But I feel like within the queer community, there's already so much like, there's already this like idea that queer people are kind of predatory. And so I feel like from like a right wing perspective, I feel like they're going to look at this and be like, Oh, like they're trying to be like, Oh, every like they're trying to make Taylor Swift gay or like blah, blah, blah. And it just feels very like, I feel like people are going to look at it like in the wrong light. If that kind of makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. my major issue with it was the people who were like, if she doesn't come out, I'm going to riot or stuff like that. And it goes back to what Josie was saying about like, yeah, like technically, like if she came out right now, like she'd probably be fine. Like she'd have support. It would probably go super well. But again, it's on her. It has to be on her terms. I will say the validity in that is the because she calls herself a mastermind and she's very she loves playing with fans and she loves leaving Easter eggs and stuff like that. She loves like dropping hints and stuff like that and like letting mm-hmm. people speculate and stuff like that. And then to drop hints drop hints and then not you know and then is like i get why people would be upset if it's like queer baby and stuff like that and going that's like part of it that's what i was saying kind of earlier too is like hey if you've got a good you clearly know what's going on like in the public eye right like respond in a way that makes sense that's part of mm, you know when i was talking yes, earlier it's exactly. like you know people are saying this and you are doing nothing about it nothing in any direction right which just allows for speculation to bloom further one and two allows you to continue to queer paint which as we know from my harry styles take i dislike (laughs) i was trying to like look up some of the early easter eggs because i didn't know like anything about her easter eggs or whatever and some of these early ones are like goofy as hell where she's just (laughs) like putting in liner notes and like capitalizing letters to be like if you put all the capital letters together it spells cupcake or something like that I actually did a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if this is an Easter egg. She's kind of just having fun. Like, you know, like boys yeah. or something like that, you know? Like, anyway, not important, but yeah. Uh, so, Zoe, what is your, like, um, um, well, I guess, like, what were you kind of expecting with this record and stuff like that? What were you, what were you kind of like wanting from it and expecting? And where was it meeting you in your life? I, 
yeah, I went in with basically no preconceived notions except for the theme of it. And I think like these are very much, it very much is all in theme. It's not her most cohesive album by any means. Um, but I also like that about her where I'm just like, she's doing what she wants and it's great. And I will appreciate it either way. But where it's catching me in my life right now is kind of just like, I, and I know I reference like, and now a lot where I'm like, oh, I saw this tweet. I saw this TikTok. <laughs> like, but um, now one of the TikToks I remember seeing was just like, oh, it's like, what this is the feeling of the album where it's like, it's past midday. You're drunkenly walking home at 3 a.m. from the bar, like reflecting on your life. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's very much where this is catching me because it's just like my, this, this entire year has felt like that. 3 a.m. bar walk and it's the longest walk of my life where sometimes there's the great things where it's just like oh yeah no it's out with my friends and we were having a great time and you know that nothing came up that was that was hard for me and then it's like sometimes I and then sometimes I'll do a thing that I'm not supposed to do and it's just like you know that was a bad weekend and a bad decision and I'm going to think about it for the next couple of weeks and and then and then I will be able to talk about it in a cohesive manner with the rest of my life um so that's where that's catching me and I and I like a lot of the songs on the album for that reason I think it is so fascinating to me just like hearing what y'all like your kind of initial takes on this album because like when I hear this all I can think of is oh my god she's a lesbian and I think (laughs) (laughs) okay and I think it's so interesting that it's like it's just like uh Michael you're the one who said like yeah she's the straightest woman ever and I also think like to, like I'm not I, I would like to know where this disconnect is right um, right um so yeah now I I think that the this is my pitch on this but I think that the entire album is one all, a lot of the marketing the lead up have up to it has been kind of like explicitly or not not explicitly sorry hinting at um themes of being a lesbian um the include like Lavender Haze and, and things like that. Um, Lavender Haze being um, a song about her marriage um, to Joe Alwyn, or marriage, right? I, think, I don't think they're Alwyn. married. They're not married. I'm sorry. Her relationship to Joe Alwyn. Yeah. Um, the long-term, yeah. Long-term Yeah, long-term relationship with Joe Alwyn. And like, to me, when I hear this, I, I, I hear, okay, here are several tracks that are like, uh, I, I am in this relationship. I don't know what to do about it because I think I'm gay. And that's that's what, what? I hear when I hear this album from beginning to end. And then also the um I also think that uh she's just not ready to come out. However, there's a couple of things from like the Gaylor theory stuff, which I'm not like super well versed in. There's probably people who could talk about it better than I can. But there was one in particular that I saw that I'm like, okay, this carries some weight. Everything else I'm not sure about, but this one carries some weight. And that is the Rolling Stone article. Did y'all see the Rolling Stone article? Yeah, she's very tight with the Rolling Stone. I did see that, yes. Yeah. So Rolling Stone um, published an article, and they said basically, like, the internet is doubling down on Gaylor, right? And Taylor Swift has had this long relationship with Rolling Stone where she gives them exclusives and things like that. And, um, you know, very heavily, her PR team is very heavily kind of, like, keeping track of the kind of things they publish. Well, this is what they published. And when people started, when there was backlash against that, um, against them on Twitter for that article, they just doubled down on it, which I think is very interesting. And it's very something, and it's and especially when, you're, when your PR team and your media team is as big as Taylor Swift's, then it seems like there would be, even though there hasn't been nothing explicitly said, that doesn't seem like something that would just go fly under the fly if there wasn't, as she didn't at least want some kind of like, 
people to think to see some kind of spotlight on it yeah exactly some kind of spotlight on it that's that's the number one like piece of evidence that you have against me on my take i in my opinion i agree that that's very compelling and 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 here's where it comes back to what you were saying earlier about the whole queer baiting thing is that it does feel like queer baiting but but when um the other things before felt like a lot more queer baity this one feels more like um messages coded to that would be very very obvious to people who to lesbians to people who are in the lesbian community and may not be so obvious to everyone else and that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. uh, that i wanted to talk about when i when i jumped into this thinking like oh maybe some of y'all caught it and then and then now I'm like, wait, am I the only one that like sees this? Which kind of maybe this does kind of push my idea more. You know, I have no idea. Maybe me, also for to me, some of mm-hmm. the, it, this album is just so freaking corny that it's harder for me to even like delve into it uh, <laughs> at the level where I'm like, not not not, a, not this is not a comment on the queerness of it. Just some of it is just like what are you doing? Like, did, did like you find journals from when you were like 10 years old and just were like, this is a song. This is a song. Some of that feels like, I, I get that vibe, which I guess it's like, you know, like talking about your like nighttime self or whatever, like most innermost thoughts or whatever. But some of it's like, this is so gorgeous. That's interesting. Do you mind if I ask you more about that? I'm, I'm very curious now. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> uh, anti-hero, like the problem is me. Uh, like Michael, you tell me you've never felt like everyone else is a sexy baby. <laughs> Sometimes I do feel like everybody is a sexy baby, uh, you know, and I'm the monster on the hill. Uh, I just think I'm, of- I am old. I sometimes feel like that when I'm on TikTok <laughs> and I'm like, yo, these people are like, just, these like 19 year olds are making thirst traps. And I have to scroll so fast. Oh, oh, my oh God. God. No. That's how I feel like uh, at my at my gym, there's been this influx of like six four like 300 pound like 15 year olds basically where i'm like <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> how did this happen this is a chaotic random episode <laughs> oh yeah because we all know that bejeweled is about you know the cell phone game oh yeah bejeweled, yeah uh, she makes a whole room shimmer with her like phone reflection or whatever <laughs> when she introduced the idea of midnight's she said, this is like 13 sleepless nights and stuff like that. I thought, okay, so it's probably like in the 2020 era and like, it's going to be like, kind of like, oh, it's interesting to like hear a self-loathing Taylor Swift song or just like a self-pity Taylor Swift song. Um, but it's I'm like, scared of grocery shopping, track one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, my friend doesn't like to wear real masks featuring Lana Del Rey. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah so like it's but like it's kind of more um first of all like sleepless nights don't they're not all like sad songs like they're not like sometimes it's like sleepless nights and just like man i'm so grateful for my partner or like man like i'm going out and having a good time like you know partying and shimmering and looking cool like looking beautiful at this party or whatever like that um but it's like my like thing about it is that when you're an artist for this long, your art starts becoming about your arts, basically. Your art starts becoming mm-hmm. about being an artist a little bit. Like, um, wh- where, like, this is, like, a sequel album to so many of her previous albums. This is, like, it's obviously Lover 2 because it's dedicated to Joe Alwyn and, like, the, like, it's been, now it's a longer-term relationship instead of being something new. It's Folklore Evermore 2 because it's, like, 
she's still in this creative role where she's, you know, it's all about being an artist and stuff like that. And like, and like, it's the creative partners like Jack Antonoff and Dresner and stuff like that. It's like Maroon is a sequel to the song Red kind of. Uh, would have, could have, should have is speak now too because it's about like John Mayer. Like it's 1989 too. It's 1989 too because it goes back to the pop era, having fun. It's like vigilante shit and karma's like reputation too. And like with this album, like there isn't like a, she didn't come out and going like, hey, I'm wearing uh, drapes now. I'm wearing, like, this is my new, like, this is my new cohesive fashion era or something like that. There's not really, if you look at all the videos, all the looks are so varied and different and stuff like that. So there's not really a, you know, um, so I think pointedly she's trying not to do an era. She's just pointedly being herself and looking at these sleepless nights from her different eras of her, life and stuff like that especially because she's re-recording all her albums and looking at her albums and looking at her past again and like i i think because of that though a lot of these songs sound like like you said like this is like red two this is like blank two or whatever like oh maroon is a worse version of red like to me i think like (laughs) i'd rather hear red Uh, it's definitely like older like you know more like aged and stuff like that it's like some of the pop songs are like not they don't like slap as hard because she's like it doesn't look like it but my back kind of hurts a lot it's like i'm like it's like i'm that's not my priority necessarily or just like it's funny that this album's called midnight's because she seems like someone who goes to sleep at 9 p.m and stuff like that (laughs) the one thing i picked out i don't know if it's like an overarching theme but it's like at least the theme of the one song, but like anti-hero, um, just the line of like, I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror is something I feel like I kind of like personally related to as like, I don't know, like a, a bit of like a people pleaser. I don't know if Taylor Swift is like a people pleaser or not, but like you can you kind of have to be to be like this big, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, you relate to that line because you like have been blinded by several solar eclipses in the past and stuff like. Are that. Are we doing <laughs> camera? Like, is my camera on right now? I I don't. I can't. See. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the last like thing I want to point out, like with themes that I really love that that made me connect with this album, made me cry like once or twice, is her difficulty with being held. I think. Like, that's, like, a big, that's, like, the journey she goes through as this album is, like, it ends with, like, Sweet Nothings and Mastermind of the idea of, um, she, the reason she's, like, manipulative and, like, cryptic is because she, like, feels like that's how you earn love. That's how you, um, you have to, like, be perfect. You have to, like, manipulate people to get love. While Joe is say Joe is basically saying, um, I knew you were trying to, I knew you were trying a mastermind this whole time, but I still love you. I still like you and stuff like that. And like, all I want is your sweet nothings. I, I don't actually, there's so many people in her life that she can like, um, that want something from her and like, who's that like, you know, she, she feels like she can't trust anybody, but then like, like Joe, what Joe wants is like sweet nothing. Like she just, he just likes her 
and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think that's really sweet. Like I'll get into it a little later, like more specifically, but that's kind of like the general. That's what I thought. I I I don't understand. I don't like it. Maybe it's because I'm straight too. It's like, but like I never quite got the she doesn't like being <laughs> she's a lesbian. She doesn't want to be a Joe like theory. Um, but I don't Can know. Let me get into it because I got a lot to say. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd be curious on like the like Easter eggs or the hints and stuff. But let's start with track one. And this is not based on anything that um, I've seen anywhere else. This is just my own experience with listening to it. Um, the one thing that gave me the kind of like I'm going to listen to it with perspective is that Rolling Stone article. Um, everything else is literally just things that I'm taking from myself and a couple of other like references like, oh, this could be talking about this. But most of it is just things that I have that I know from myself. Um, but I want to start with Lavender Hayes because I do think that Lavender Hayes is about Joe Alwyn. I don't think it's about I don't think that she is happy in this relationship. And I, and I want to explain why. So and, um, in a lavender marriage was a marriage between a lesbian woman and a gay man. It was basically um, a marriage that was just in existence to 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 keep their cover of to, of not of not outing themselves right um and the first thing that um this song kind of starts off with is staring at the ceiling with you you don't ever say too much you really you don't really read into it my melancholia right and that could be a lot of things that can be about a lot of people but it's clearly of this this is starting off with like talking about depression melancholia right um and the only and like thinking um, thinking about who this song is about, like it's not the the one place where it becomes really clear is um where where does it say um ba, 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 ba. all they keep asking me is if I'm going to be your bride. The only kind of girl they see is a one night um or a wife, right? I think this is talking about this song is talking about exactly what she's been leading up to with the Rolling Stone article with this whole speculation of her sexuality. And I, and that's the only reason, um, this is part of the reason why, even though I don't like talking about these things, I'm kind of changing my perspective on this a little bit because so many of these things are coded in a way that it feels like she wants people to talk about it, especially people within her own community to talk about it, think about it. And then that gives her, I don't know. I don't know what that gives her. Um, that, but like leeway to come out eventually, um, just connection with the community in itself as a whole. Um, but people keep on expecting her to marry this guy. She's been in this relationship for like five years. The phrase, and, and then the phrasing of, um, I feel a lavender haze creeping up on me. Um, so real. I'm damned if I do. I'm da- I, I'm damned if I do give a damn what people say. No deal, the 1950s shit they want from me. I just want to stay in that lavender haze. If she does come out as a lesbian, this relationship essentially ends because Joe Alwyn is a straight man, right? Um, and like, if you think about this through the lens of think of interpreting as a lavender marriage, then she is in this relationship with this man, and he may be the perfect guy. He may be in it may be a fantastic relationship, but she's just not. But that's just not what she wants, right? And the only reason that I feel like I resonate with this is because this is a feeling that I understand a little bit all too intimately. Before I transitioned, I was married. I um I was a quote unquote straight guy um in a marriage and the, and I actually postponed my transition for almost 3 years because I was married and I didn't want to kind of lose that for myself right it's not a lavender marriage in the same it wasn't a lavender marriage in the same sense but I knew for I knew that it was it was something that I didn't want for myself and there's and this is kind of haze this in between this this period of time where you may have talked about this with your partner I talked I came out to my wife 3 years before we got divorced and the three years following was just a haze. It was a time where we didn't know whether or not we were going to stay together. She didn't know if I was going to need to transition. And, and you know, ultimately I ended up 
in a position where I was just so depressed and considering alternatives, right? And I didn't, and I came out and I decided that, that even though that ending that relationship was so much and living my best life was so much better than just kind of like sticking with it and just trying to fight through it. Right. Um, but then when you kind of like look through the, the rest of this album, through that lens of that, it's like these, these songs aren't love songs about Joe Alwyn. They're songs about regret relationship regrets, especially, um, when you, when you start to look at like Maroon and stuff like that, that's a song to me that feels like it was a love song, a a song of lost love between a woman and like a lot of people have speculated about Taylor's relationships with women before, right? There's like people have talked about Diana Agron. People have talked about um, Carly Kloss. I don't know too much about the details of this, but I did see that someone said that Maroon is about probably about Diana Agron. And when you um, and then when you like look at like, okay, yeah, um, the lips I used to call home. So Scarlet, it was Maroon. The burgundy on my T-shirt when you splashed wine onto me. Um, there is like talking about like how did... I think it was this song that's like, how did we get this so drunk? It was like, um, Rosé from Your Roommate. That's not like Joe Alwyn's, oh, oh, Your Roommate's cheap-ass screw-top Rosé. That's not Joe Alwyn's roommate's Rosé, you know? Like, this is a this is a song about an encounter with a woman. Um, yeah, and when she says, my t-shirt stained with the slushy you threw on me during, <laughs> during the premiere of your TV show. <laughs> I do remember that lyric. <laughs> it's like really yeah. Um, wait, the slushy? That's like a reference. Yeah, Akron was on Glee. Oh and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, Sorry, wait, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that would have, that would have driven your point home. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, here, here's the bright yeah. clear. But your to me, friends, that's what Sue I was saying. Like, you know, wine. It's two girls sharing wine and then having a moment. And I think this is, this is a time in her life where she was, especially when you look at like, um, there's like flag coloring that was a lot more like bisexual stuff back in that era. And I think it was like, okay, I'm questioning whether or not that I, that I'm like into women. And then there was this like, kind of like opportunity lost in that. And then like, and then right after that antihero, like, yeah, that she, she recognizes that there was this queer baiting thing going on and she's the, she's the antihero you're rooting for her, but you're also like, what the fuck Taylor just fucking do it already. Right. Um, and like, that was the point where I was like, okay, I think there's more to this. I think that this is why I think that the album is about what it is about is because there's so many, like, it starts off two songs. When I first heard those two songs, I'm like, oh my God, like, this is, about her being a lesbian like she's gonna come out by the end of this album then i heard anti hero i'm like fuck (laughs) she's not this is gonna be like okay she's acknowledging that this is exactly what she's doing and Mm -hmm. like and so i was like i'm disappointed but i get it you know if you're not ready you then you're not ready and you shouldn't take that step and make that until it's about you and embracing yourself right so First of all, like I think you've added some more validity, like to some of these the things I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't really <laughs> like I don't I don't know. And I also like don't care. Not not like I don't care about who it's about necessarily. I just like the songwriting wow, is care. That sounds <laughs> no, 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 but like <laughs> more like specifically, but like even more specifically of like, is Maruta about Jake Gyllenhaal or Diana Agron or John Mayers? I don't care about that. Like necessarily. I care. You don't need to know which songs about uh, Joe Jonas or whatever. Yeah. But like the idea of, and I, but I think that's her, her gifting is she's able to write 
lyrics that are so relatable, even though she has a life that's nothing mm-hmm. like our lives. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. She has a life that's nothing like our lives. And then uh, the room, your roommate's cheap as rooftop rose. That's how, like, that's just like your, you and your friend or something like that. Like, that's mm-hmm. just, you could imagine yourself like, that's like so relatable, even though she's like flying in a private jet that is like probably every uh, day, all day, every day. That's probably, that's, <laughs> that probably will like, you know, make our like make our world uninhabitable for our grandchildren. Oh, <laughs> like quicker, know. sooner rather than later. You know, Children, like in this economy, none of us. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> to have like a queer coded reading of it is beautiful and valid and wonderful and like like I listened to this album and cried. I, that didn't cross my mind at all. Like I, that, that first of all, like this album got leaked a day before. So like no one was tweeting about it on like my feed per se and stuff like that. Um, well, I I didn't even know it got leaked. I didn't either. Yeah. But like, it would have like, people would have just like made like Taylor is gay jokes. Like, I would have like seen something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, would yeah. like to say that lesbian Twitter and TikTok um, sure, all sure, sure, knew sure. that it was leaked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. So, um, that, that that's like I feel like that's like, yeah. But like, e- e- regardless of what she's like, you know, her sexuality and stuff like that. Like, there's a part of me that just like wants to like, uh, the idea of like. I think we both agree that it's like mm-hmm. in the context of the Joe Alwyn relationship, she's thinking about these past relationships and stuff like that. And like mm-hmm. what's led to her at this point. And, you know, it's like, I think that's like, whether like she's happy or like maybe she's like content, like, but still like is desiring something else. Like that's a whole different, you know, road of speculation we could go down. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, let's go through highlights and lowlights. Uh, right after this break, <laughs> click. Uh, all right, and we're back. Uh, here to talk about uh, Midnights by uh, uh, probably maybe a lesbian. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> wait, have we talked about that this episode? <laughs> oh my god, a straight man <laughs> talking about someone's sexuality? Oh, cancel. <laughs> I think this is their 10th album it's called Midnight <laughs> by Speculation. <laughs> like, uh, so Sean, like, let's turn to you first. Like, let's go through highlights. Let's be positive. Um, what's a highlight song for you? Uh, I think it's kind of predictable, but Antihero is probably my favorite on the record. It's me. No, Michael. Hi. No. Oh, so I. I think it's so, it's catchy. so catchy. It's so it's catchy, catchy yeah. but the lyrics freaking suck. <laughs> I think there's like one the the sexy baby line is weird. Um, okay, also, be it's me. I'm the problem is a little like ow, hot <laughs> girl shit. Like, that's kind of the vibe. I'm like, uh, what are you Which doing? Normally, I would agree with, but for some reason, it works on this for me <laughs> because Not those me. videos she posted with her Spotify store or Spotify album or whatever, <laughs> where she was like self loathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> was a little much, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But I like it on this song, and I don't know why, but. Yeah, again, going back to like what I said earlier, this is like the most relatable song for me, I guess. But yeah, it's just it's the it's the catchiest on the record. I think production sounds the best on it. Um, yeah, this is this is probably one of two or three songs I like from this record. Um, but yeah, yeah, I have a sexy baby line take. Like, I think I hated it the first time. 
it is just such a jarring thing, especially the first time. But like, it's like so jarring because like I think the rest of the song is pretty well written. It's like that, but yeah. that's such a strange off like someone speculates like a 30 rock reference because it's like uh you know <laughs> i'm was... just a sexy baby exactly yeah like because <laughs> and like tina fey made fun of her and stuff like that then taylor swift says she should go to hell or whatever <laughs> like but like oh, uh, okay. like like women who don't support women should go to hell or whatever she said um but like I, I think <laughs> she, she said what she said specifically was that um after like amy poehler and tina fey made fun of her uh at, like an award show she said there's a special place in hell for women who oh, don't yeah. support other women yeah, yeah. and i was just oh, like a special okay. place like oh, so it's good like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good <laughs> there's like a tanning salon thing um but like it's but i think th- that line is so off-putting that it works it's the it's like because if a friend came up to you and said, you know, I just feel like everyone else is like a sexy baby. And you'd be like, <laughs> what? Like, what? What are you talking about? And, but like that heightens the alienation she feels from other people. Like the idea. I, I of- actually like the sexy baby line. That's not the issue <laughs> I have. I think it's interesting and funny. The it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Chorus is a little like. Hmm. Oh, the problem it's me it's very made for tiktok made for tiktok yes. like purposely yeah so but it's like that's like again it's like one of those lines that just like is like um it's like kind of a good pop course because it's like you know non-specific enough that like everyone can insert their own problems of just like oh, yeah it's yeah like, yeah i i yeah. just think when i'm now in the era of tiktok i hear a song that's like this and it's like Oh, I know what you're trying to do. Like the song's gonna be like, I used to be ugly a long time ago, <laughs> and now, now I'm hot. Transition. Now yeah. I'm hot. Here's what I look like now that I'm hot. Like it's like in, it's song. like when you watch it. It's like when you watch a TV show and there's a line that's like. I guess we got to take down the patriarchy or something like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah. for the, the it's gift, like, you know. It, it's, it's, yes. <laughs> yeah. I but again, I think yeah. it works in the song and the melody of the song is just incredibly catchy. So the breakdown, like, just like the, the kind of like, it's me, hi, you know, kind of like <laughs> doing that, like, more like <laughs> exasperated version of the course and then the production, like, heightened, like, fading out and then coming back in really strongly. Mm-hmm. I think Jack Antonoff is great. I think he's good. He's a good producer. He's a good producer for female pops. I think the problem is he's oversaturated, but he's really good at what he does, I think. This doesn't sound so Jackie to me, which is his thing. I think this strikes him as usual. Really? Sound. Yeah. There, there are a few like, yeah, you know, like yeah. the horns, yeah. like, you know, that's the like trademark. He's like, he's really good at I feel like he's the best collaborator for Taylor because she is, um, what's it called? He is able to like step aside and let the songwriting and vocals shine through more, you know, like no one, I don't think anyone goes, well, the Jack production is, <laughs> you know, like I don't, people aren't doing that that much, you know, I think like, right. it's like kind of when you listen to like, oh, that's really cool. That layering here and there. Like, well, they it's both like, also seem like, Big cheese balls in a way yeah, that's yeah. like they love to be cheesy as hell. And, and it's like that works for both of them too. And like the that drop of corniness is probably what makes Taylor successful on some level. Like there's yeah, like, yeah, there's for like sure. the, the specific, she's obviously great at the the zeroing in on your love life and stuff like that and going like, 
I know exactly how you feel. I'm going to word it in a way you never thought to word it. And then there's also just like corny. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. You know, kind of like yeah, that yeah, yeah. thing too. So, uh, Michael, what's the highlight for you? Uh, I, I really like karma. Uh, I, I yeah. think karma is like her being the poppiest that she is on this album, but I think karma is just so fun and funny. I, uh, I just, it's like, cute and fun and it makes me smile to listen to uh that has corny How? lyrics too but okay. that corniness yeah. works works for me where it's like because yeah. i think it it tells me that she knows it's corny a little more like saying karma is my boyfriend like karma that's is funny. a cat purring in my lap <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah a lot of cat uh, twitter like tiktok you know tiktok to um, this one i like the whole album quite a bit so i know i'm in the minority here um but uh no i don't think you are i think you're in the majority actually it's oh three am i in two. the majority okay yeah, then, yeah yeah okay well then i'm in the majority here ha, fuck <laughs> <y'all>. um, <laughs> yeah you win uh, as a as a as an asian american trans woman i'm never in the majority so this is like the win for me, you know? <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> um my favorite song on the album was Question. Um, it was I was listening through oh. um, at midnight with my girlfriend. She's like huge Swifty. She was like so excited for this album, especially because as as a lesbian, as um, she was like, oh my god, like this might be it. This might be it. She's like, and and um, but for like I was listening through, and the first and the first like couple songs, I was like, I didn't really catch a lot of what I was looking for. Question, where I was like, oh wait, hold on, let's let's pay attention a little bit closer more to it now. Um, because that that was the one where the first one was like, okay, like she's obvious, very, very obviously talking about a woman. Um, and then and then on further listens through is when I start to caught, uh, catch more of the other stuff. That's my favorite song. I just um, I like the vibe, the whole vibe of the album. It's like to me, it's like soft pop. It's chill. Um, mm-hmm. I I obviously like the lyrics because I think I see a lot of myself in there for obvious reasons. But um, question is definitely a highlight for me. Definite highlight for me. Oh, there's so many of them, but the the one we haven't talked about yet is Bejeweled. I love Bejeweled a lot um, because I just I know it's corny. It, it is a little corny. I love but it. Yeah. I'm also I also acknowledge that I am a corny person. It's like in that uh, the one of the newer episodes of Abbott Elementary where Jacob is just like, yeah, no, I'm corny. I know it now. Like it's fine um because you know what that's that's just me so um i love bejeweled um because i'm like i very much feel like in my bejeweled era or at least that song forced me into it because i was just like you know what fuck being sad anymore um this is the song is too fun to like to to be like sad over all of the other songs right now um so i really love bejeweled but yeah you might be in your bejeweled era i'm in my best fiends era which you can play offline anywhere (laughs) it's a phone game (laughs) i'm in my temple run era (laughs) (laughs) so basically not (laughs) yeah he's an ipad kid oh gosh but yeah i really loved and then i really loved um we did talk about midnight rain a little bit already so like obviously i love that one i uh, also a little bit slight relation to that too where i'm just like man it would be so easy to be with this person but i i am a glutton for punishment yeah that's that's, uh the the one comeback single that the pussycat dolls did which was react uh where it was like i want to fight and you just want to 
have a nice little relationship and you want to get along, but sometimes it's fun to fight. And it's like that, like it's it's like a toxic behavior that I feel like is so easy to slip into. Like even, you know, even oh, yeah. myself, I'll, sometimes I'm just like time to fight about this thing that I really don't care about, but just want to, you know, She's, she can't be held. She This is a song where she can't be like, this is like technically everything on paper is correct and stuff like that but either she is you know either it isn't the right fit because they just have different priorities and stuff like that they want different things um this which could read into the queer reading a little bit too um or it's like she is just like she she's like purposely sabotaging it she is just like she doesn't want to like settle down and like she doesn't she wants to like fight this and like you know and then she's at you know they've moved on and stuff like that but like the only time she comes up is like midnights and stuff like that that's kind of a cool lyric um yeah yeah i really like that one because it's like i broke his heart because he was nice and i was just like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) yep i i I, younger zoe relates to that one quite a bit maybe Mm -hmm. current but um who knows uh and then i another one that i feel like a lot of people didn't love as much as I did, but maybe it's just because personal relation stuff was, uh, you're on your own kid. I feel that is in, I, okay, good. I, I, I love it because I feel like it's funny. We were at a Taylor night the day after (laughs) it came out, um, with me and one of my best friends and she, uh, this song, this song came on and I, and she was like, how, how does this feel like being the, the oldest daughter? And I'm like, this is an eldest daughter anthem where it's like, yeah, no, I've always felt like I was on my own figuring it out for myself. And then, um, and then, oh, that bridge where it's like, um, I hosted parties and started my body, um, like, hoping I'd be saved by a perfect kiss. I'm just like that. I like started like, at our at our little listening party, me just like disassociating and almost crying, like hearing that. I was like, oh no, I I wasn't expecting that from this song. Um, I related a lot to that where I'm like, I definitely neglect myself in favor of things that aren't going to happen, um, which is unfortunate. Um, and I'm working on it. But yeah, I really like you're on your own kid because that's how I feel all the time, despite how many people I know care about me. I really relate to like what you said about you're on your own kid, like the idea of like neglecting yourself because someone else has that love and acceptance that you want, basically. And like instead of giving it to yourself or finding ways to give it to yourself, you look to someone who doesn't respect you and cross, let this person cross your boundaries for that love and acceptance. Like, um, and then just like in the meantime, telling yourself, it's fine, it's fine. We're best of friends. Like, I touch my phone as if it's your face, like, because I'm gonna be saved by this perfect kiss. I'm gonna be, this is gonna be the redemption that I want. And then, like, during that time, the chorus is you're on your own kid but then the last time she uses it she's saying like you're building something with the destruction of this relationship by this relationship being over and like you realizing that i'm not going to be treated like this anymore you're actually building something so like make the friendship bracelets take the moment and taste it and you're on your own kids and you can face it you can like you are actually like really strong and you are powerful and stuff like that. And like, you can move forward. I think that's really, that's really good. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's like, um, and then just like in Bejeweled, I like that the Navi the fairy got to do an ad lib, like uh, nice, you know. Hey, listen, <laughs> like listen. <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> um that was pretty cool like Navi more of a was on this album more than lana though right <laughs> yeah that's all that was the joke i was gonna make <laughs> i don't know like i just like i really resonate with like sweet nothings and mastermind the idea of uh my like yeah, yeah to get a little personal like my general trauma is me not being protected from abuse when i was younger and then the the other flavor is revealing my authentic self and being rejected for showing my authentic self or like this like or feeling like it's not enough or something like that so mm-hmm. so every time i meet someone i have to code switch to be accepted i it's very hard for me to feel like i'm being fully authentic and like every date every social interaction is a test to see if i could get love or not you know if i do if i check off these perfect boxes and like do like say the right thing or you know, dole out my opinions or, um, you know, like, and like, that's why this podcast at times is not a game to me. Like I can't show up and have fun because I have to be the best. Otherwise I won't be loved. You know, mm-hmm. I have to be the best at this. Like I have to be successful. I have to have the best, like take on this opinion or whatever. It's like that. And I, and like, it's very isolating and it's hard to trust people. Like even like people I know who love me and it's hard to receive love and um, just like mastermind and sweet nothings. It's just like this, you know, potential manifestation of like just being yourself and being accepted. Like the line, like on the way home, I wrote a poem. You said, what a mind this happens all the time. Like, just like he loves what she says. Like she loves, like he loves her arts. Like, he knows that, um, you know, at the beginning you were trying to manipulate the situation to be loved, but he loves you anyways. I think that's really beautiful. Like it's, yeah, it made me tear up a few times, uh, listening to it. So, yeah. Well, this is why we appreciate you like really putting your all into the podcast. Cause I'm over here like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I, I said some bullshit too. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's quickly go through low lights then. Uh, just like Josie, what's a low light song? Um, I don't have like any like low light, low light songs. I thoroughly enjoyed all of them. Um, but if I were to get, give a low light for me, it would be Mastermind. Um, I think it was Ooh. just musically. It was a great song, but musically it just didn't click with me. Um, I think it's like um, I really enjoyed it, but also I, I just wanted like a more like I don't know bang to the end of the album um, from mm. a musical perspective. It is kind of like, like oh, I guess it's over, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah, exactly. Like I liked the theme of it. I love the way that it's written, uh, the, the the way the lyrics are written. But at the, but at the end of the song, I'm just like, oh, that was the album. Okay, um, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like it's a little the... too driving for the end of an album. Like it's like pump, 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 pump. Yeah, I'm like ready and... for the next song. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think I, I the the kind of the thing I was like it just didn't make sense to me musically with the whole like like I, I get what you're trying to do with the whole like okay like make you think about it sound kind of thing, um, but also uh, I don't think it works. <laughs> it like it also took me like a little like the third listen to kind of get 
oh, there's a twist in there. Like there's like a <laughs> little like like he saw that I was a mastermind. Like it's like so underplayed and stuff like that. Like um, uh, yeah. Like Michael, what's a little like for you? Vigilante shit. That's a song Gabby wow. Hanna would write. That's a song <laughs> Trisha Paytas would write. It sucks. <laughs> Oh my Draw gosh. the cat eyes sharpen enough to kill a man. Yeah. It's 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 like the worst song on reputation. If it was on reputation, it'd be the worst song on reputation. Um <laughs> I like that there's like kind of a lo-fi like beat to it to some degree, but I don't know. Yeah. Something about the production, just like some of the vocal production choices were weird to me and just like didn't land. And there's times when like I don't know, I was listening in the car and I was like, oh, is my like like speaker cord going out at times and it just like the volume got really quiet at times and i'm like what i don't quite understand what's happening there are specific songs that sound kind of weird like that whereas like some of the production i think is really good but then some of it i'm yeah. like it's just not as crisp uh yeah. everyone folklore sounding incredible too it's yeah like the exactly best music can sound yeah 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 production so, to me i yeah i think just for me like the production was kind of a, a low light um and I don't know. I liked again. I liked Antihero too because there's this this build to it. And like when she comes back in at the last chorus, it's very powerful and strong. And but I don't know. A lot of these songs don't really seem to go anywhere. I guess. Uh, yeah, and and another low light similar for me. One more that I just want to hit. Sorry, I know we're running low on time, but Snow on the Beach. Have Lana Del- if Lana Del Rey, my favorite artist i'm pushing her up i'm going to <laughs> declare that now my favorite artist lana del rey you're gonna bring her on your album she has to sing she has <laughs> to sing on your album she cannot do background vocals even less than what haim did on uh that song on is it evermore yeah folklore evermore yeah. one of the two where they sing about murdering the man that they <laughs> don't get to sing on it, it makes me think taylor swift is bad at collaborating with women <laughs> like what are that, you doing th- that was this this album's version of breathe featuring colby calais from fearless yes i'm just that like, was more yeah, no. that, she was doing more on that like colby yeah. calais was doing more on that. Uh, i i know i only because i know lana's voice do i know lana is on this song you know what i mean that song is good but i when you say featuring lana del rey i want to hear lana del rey <laughs> My fate, my person in my life with the greatest disparity between my enjoyment of their speaking and singing voices. I want to hear Lana Del Rey sing. <laughs> I like it as more of an atmosphere. Like I think, like, honestly, yeah. wish it wouldn't be credited. Like I just like, kind of like <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like like Beyonce showing up on like ch- like uh, Blonde or whatever, where like she's like, oh, yeah. is that Beyonce? Oh shit! As like kind of like, um, but not like an actual feature and stuff like that. Yeah, but, like, um. I I like it as like because it wouldn't make like I I just it wouldn't make sense for Lana to have a verse on here because it's about Taylor's sleepless nights. It doesn't like make sense if Lana suddenly has a perspective on this. Like so, I, I don't know. I think that's interesting. Um, apparently D- yeah. Dylan Manette's on the song too. Like oh the, the um, guy from Maze Leno Runner? O'Brien different yeah. not yes. Yeah, Dylan Minnette is from Wallows. Okay, you okay. can't mix them up. Yeah. Oh, Brian from Teen Wolf. <laughs> yes, yes. He looks like a man if you like won a boyfriend at a carnival or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? I have met him in real life, and you could say you could say that, but I I am interested in that man. Yeah, at all times. yeah. I do. So. You know what, Zoe? 
I, I'll, I'll back you up on that one. I'll agree. I'll agree wholeheartedly. I'm interested. Keep me updated. <laughs> so, okay, let's get through final thoughts and ratings. The way this works is we'll rate this album out of 10 with a fun metric at the end. Uh, so, Sean, like, let's turn to you first. I don't know. It's I re- I did really want to like it. Um, it's it's more so just musically. It just it doesn't stick with me, and it all kind of blurs together a little bit. Um, I do think there are songs I'll come back to. Um, I, I yeah, I don't know. It's and maybe I just haven't spent enough time with it. I don't really know, but it didn't really get me on the first listen. I will give it. Uh, five snowflakes on the beach out of 10. I think if I listen to this more, I'll probably like it a little more than what I'm rating it now. I've, this is about a, a week into, not even like five days after this album came out. So it's still pretty fresh uh, as we're recording. Uh, but for me, I think if I listen to it more, I'll like it a little more, but I felt like Taylor was really in like a Taylor sans with uh, her last two albums. And this one fell off for me a little bit more. Um, all uh, that being said, that's all to quantify my rating and what I've talked about on this episode. Like I might like it more later. Right now, it just it isn't hitting too well. Uh, because of that, I'll give it um six, uh <laughs> six karma gods out of ten. So I I do really love this album. It's definitely not my favorite Taylor album because that's just such a hard, I need to re-rank it to to figure out where it lands. But I do really, really like this one a lot. And again, relate to it a bunch. And um, yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot from the very first listen. So I love this album so far. I think it will, I think a lot of things will continue to grow on me because even as I talk to friends about it, I'm just like, no, that one definitely grew on me more the more I like listen to it and the more I like listen to the lyrics. And like, there's always like a couple of things I would catch where I'm just like, oh, wait, I didn't hear that. Or like um, things that I, the, the specificities I loved. Like, so I think like with my rating, I think that I would give it 8.5 pebbles from Wicklow in Joe's (laughs) coat pocket. (laughs) Yes, because that was a very specific thing I loved because I'm just like, wait, I know exactly where she's probably talking about because (laughs) I went there this summer. So, (laughs) yeah. I think this, uh, this album has some of her best work, but like, the other songs kind of like like especially in the middle they kind of run together and like um they don't like hit you as hard as like i would have liked them to hit me um because like some of her best songwriting just like really flummoxes you and makes you go like damn wow that's exactly how i feel and stuff like that or that's like oh it's a new way to look at my experience and stuff like that i think that's really cool um so and like there's just like a middle section i like that it's like a more mature look back at some of her previous eras and stuff like that some of her previous experiences um uh maroon anti-hero snow on the beach you're on your own kid uh bejeweled uh labyrinth like sweet nothings and mastermind i really like a lot the other ones are like well it's all right and stuff like that like but i don't think they're bad i don't think they're bad songs so i'm gonna give this uh i'm gonna give this uh Seven nice is out of ten. <laughs> I thought the music, um, without really listening too close to the lyrics on the first listen, I think I thought the music was 
um not the most interesting i thought a lot of it was catchy i liked the vibe of it but it was none of it like stood out to me like musically on um, the first listen through and so um and, and then the more i listened to the lyrics the more i've enjoyed it i love the album overall just because it just it i've connected with it in such a way so i'm gonna give it um not a 10 because that if it was musically perfect as well as thematically perfect then a 10 but um, nine out of ten meteor strikes because I get that feeling when the meteor strikes it's just nothing else is the same. <laughs> I think she needs to work with a hundred gex next. Um, but like <laughs> that might be that'd be fucking I, awesome. I, yeah. That would be. Is is that the like intersection? Era. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I don't. Taylor, I feel like baby. she would. I feel like she would ruin hyperpop. Like, I don't think she should do it. Like, no, no, not no <laughs> Okay. Uh, so. Josie, Zoe, thank you so much for coming on our on the show again. Um, yeah, uh, what were you like, uh, Zoe? Do you have anything to plug? Oh, not much. Um, I still have my podcast, the Pop Culture Papers, that you could check out. I will finish it eventually. I don't know when. <laughs> when I get a minute. But uh, yeah, you can follow me at the Zobel on Instagram, which is fun most of the time. So um, yeah, and anything I do will basically be posted to there. Um, but yeah, that is me. And uh, Josie, what do you like to plug? <laughs> you got some songs coming out. You got some new songs that are out, right? I like did. Some I just time. Yeah. a new single a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, it's actually doing really well. It's the first time that I like I got a music review. Um, someone like wrote about it on A and R, which is like really cool. Um, and, and like it got picked up by a couple of playlists. So it's like, yeah, okay, cool. We're like making moves, right? Um, but yeah, my song, my new single is called "The Lost." It is. I don't really know what it is. It's a electro dark electro pop plus blues something i don't know it's different <laughs> it's interesting um but yeah it's a song about um being different not fitting in and saying fuck it <laughs> yeah um check it out i am saint josie on all streaming platforms s-a-i-n-t space josie and then as always you can find me on tiktok at josie underscore irl or saint dot josie on instagram yeah yeah that's like uh and yeah you can follow me at andrew a lee on instagram uh you can follow sean at diebag twink on instagram and twitter follow michael at live and taco on instagram and twitter you can follow the show at ibmtltt on instagram twitter and tiktok uh send us an email i've been meaning to listen to that gmail.com uh we gotta <laughs> shorten that <laughs> no oh, <laughs> like, and uh added plug uh if you want to hear me talk about pop music some more i was interviewed for uh my friend's uh newsletter happy medium club oh, shoot. Uh, i'll be featured in that i we i listed five songs for 2022 that i feel are uh the most impactful on pop music today and talk about oh. this artist pretty extensively <laughs> with dom dom johnson so check that out awesome. as well. wow uh yeah and uh you, you are our theme song was by Otnis. Our uh, cover art is by Olivia Jensen. And uh, yeah, like leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much, uh, everybody. And Josie, uh, what song would you like to like close us out with? Can, Can I say song? my own song? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. the Lost. Listen to The Lost. It's good. I promise. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, yeah. Like, thank you so much, everybody. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> Woo!